This podcast is brought to you by Microsoft. How can I how can I reach this, right? What do I need to become more like a man to actually achieve my goals? And I think that would be absolutely wrong. I believe truly that women should stay female, woman, and uh, use those capabilities, not use but be you. Be a woman and um, and be who you are. Welcome to the Techionista podcast. Hi, my name is Viviane Bendermacher, one of the managing directors and founders of Techionista and humble host of this series of very personal conversations with leading women in technology. In each episode, we will speak to a very inspiring woman in IT and tech. How did they get there? Which rookie mistakes did they make? And of course, we want to know all about their work. What makes it so exciting? This episode's leading woman is none other than Anke den Ouden, General Manager, Microsoft de Netherlands. We're at a European Women in Technology event in the middle of the bus at the Ryan Amsterdam in our glass box. A perfect metaphor for the glass ceiling we're shattering at this event. So Anke, you were on stage just now. How did it go? I hope well. I hope well. Thank you very much. First of all, thank you for having me here. It's um, it was it was fantastic to be on stage uh, again after two and a half years. I must say it was a bit intimidating again. Uh, if you, before you only look to PCs and uh, <laughs> yeah, and you have your text and everything, and now you're just standing again in front of so many people. It's just uh, amazing. But it was fun. It was really nice and yeah. lots of energy. Yes, also. yes, yeah. And of course, we're here in a venue with lots and lots and lots of women. In yes. technology. Can you believe? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can. But how, how does that no. feel? I was just saying to my team, it's like unbelievable because I just was two weeks ago at the um, CIO day, the national CIO day. Um, and this was hundreds of men, mm-hmm. mostly white men, mm-hmm. uh, all between the age of 35 and 60. <laughs> Oh, yes. And then you come here and you go like, wow, what an event. This is amazing. It gives me so much energy. It's it's just fantastic. I Such know. a difference. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I know you're very passionate about diversity and inclusion. So we, we're going to address that yeah. topic later on. Yeah. But we like to start this podcast at the beginning, as you might expect. So we're going to jump back in time a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you were a little girl... Did you dream of becoming general manager at Microsoft? <laughs> Actually, no. You didn't? No. <laughs> so what did you dream of oh, then? I wanted to be a pilot. <laughs> I wanted to fly awesome. around the world. <laughs> you can always start doing that. Yeah, but I, I unfortunately, at that time of the uh, of, of the era, I, mm-hmm. uh, I was still wearing glasses as a young nine-year-old girl. And uh, at that time, glasses were not accepted. Plus, I would have been, if I wouldn't have glasses, probably the first pilot in the Netherlands being a woman. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's a long time ago. But instead of that, you became a general manager yes. at Microsoft. I'm sure we have a lot of listeners who would dream of that. So what did you study? Because, it, okay, so you didn't dream that back in the days about being a general manager. You dreamt of being a pilot. But you studied something. What did you study? I studied sports. <laughs> Can you believe? Sport. I, lo- I love this story already because you studied <laughs> sports. You wanted to be a pilot and you ended up... As a general manager. So what happened? I did a couple of studies, actually. I did sports. I was actually becoming a sports teacher, but um, more for um, um, disability. So um, psychologically and physical handicapped people. Uh, That was my major. 
Um, and then I decided I'm too young for that. It was too impactful um, from everyday, um, you know, uh, how to deal with it. It was quite um, tough. Mm -hmm. Then I studied um, uh, a little bit of Informatica, so I did IT for two years. And I also did marketing and I um, studied psychology. So after that it became a little bit easier with all the different studies to actually um, work in a, in a normal business life. And what was your first job like? It was actually at Mars, Mars Confectionery, uh, and I was a secretary for one year. How did you like that? It was uh, it was scary because I was Dutch. Uh, my uh, partner at that time moved to the um, to Germany, so I actually started in Mars, Germany, and I had to speak German on the phone with people that I didn't know, and my German wasn't as good. Oh, that's hard. So that's how I started. But after a year, I started to redesign the organization. Uh, to optimize it, to drive more efficiency, because I thought it could be better, especially because of technology. I did a presentation to the board saying, I don't think secretaries should be doing this, what I'm doing. I think you can do that better in a, a more efficient way. And then I became a procurement manager. Oh, wow. Yep. So you shattered some glass ceilings, yes. I think. Yes, yes, yes. That's awesome. And so inspiring already. So I, I said it. We're literally in this glass box. Do you feel, really feel that you shattered some glass ceilings along the way? Yeah, I, I personally don't think there are, sh there are glass ceilings. Uh, I, think, um, I think if you believe in what you can do and you have the confidence that you can look at um, where you could go, with open eyes, you actually can do a lot more than we today believe. And therefore, the glass ceiling back or forward, I've seen many women who, who crushed it if they were there, but I never felt there is a glass ceiling, never. So your, your advice would be just believe in yourself regardless of gender, regardless absolutely, of age. Absolutely, absolutely. I think women can be so much more believing in their confidence, in their skills, what they have, because we have very different capabilities than men have. Especially in the today's world with all the change happening and um, disruption, women actually are better at it than men. Why? Because we have different capabilities from an empathy perspective. Um, we can listen better, we can organize and solve better, we can orchestrate better. So all of these things actually come in very handy in today's roles um, to actually do a better job. So what are we waiting for then? I'm not sure. I think we need to gain a lot more confidence. And I must say, I mean, I've been coaching a lot of uh, women um, in different, um, different countries in the world. And most of the time, uh, what I heard is, how can, I, how can I reach this, right? What, do I need to become more like a man to actually achieve my goals? And I think that would be absolutely wrong. I believe truly that women should stay female, woman, and uh, use those capabilities, not use, but be you. Be a woman and, um, and be who you are. Just be your authentic yeah, self. Absolutely. And I think especially in the diverse world that we have today, Um, it's not anymore about only gender. I think we are above that. I mean, there's much more than just gender. And still, it needs to be believing yourself, who you are and what you can do. It doesn't matter where you come from or who you are and what space you are today. How important do you think sponsorship is? Mm, and very, mentorship? Yeah, very much. I think um, it can help. It's not uh, only important. I think it helps every single person to really look at what can I do? How can I develop myself in a different way? You get good questions maybe, or 
maybe some ideas on how to do it differently. That is what mentorship or coaching can help. But sponsorship also, it's um, creating a network around you is really important to also understand what actually is more out there that you could look at because you can understand better of how everything is very different around you and otherwise you get a very narrow perspective. So that also is networking and sponsorships. And that's what I like actually about this place here because it's all about networking. It's just amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. And it, I, I saw that you, you have been working for Microsoft for, and you need to help me here, but I thought... 25 years. 25. I was yes. about to say over 15, <laughs> but 25. So yeah. what makes this company such a great company? I never thought I would go for 25 years. So when I came, I thought it's three years and then I'm going to leave again. So that was first. But I started in Germany and then after Germany, I went to um, a, an EMEA role from Munich. After that, I went to Eastern Europe and I've been in so many different countries that it always felt like a different company. It was never the same company for me with the culture, with the dynamics of the country, with the sales environment. It was always different. Okay, so, yeah. you, so you changed a lot, yeah. maybe. I did, yeah. Okay. And I, I saw a post on LinkedIn in which you stated the following. You said, equal participation does not matter just because it is the decent thing to do. Also because every single individual is unique and brings new aspects, quality and creativity to the Absolutely. table. So how is it going with equal participation within Microsoft? Are you happy? No. Not yet. No, no. Not yet. I think we're moving. We're moving really well. I mean, uh, within Microsoft, we're more than a third already from an equal participation. Um, my leadership is 50-50, so I'm very happy about that. Um, you yeah. And we will uh, move into a 50-50 overall uh, or closer to it. I actually managed it in my former role. I was responsible for 24 countries in Eastern Europe. And we had um, 47% uh, diversity representation across the board and 50% in the managers. That's very impressive yeah. already. Yeah. But Are you proud cool. of that? Yes, I am very proud of yeah, that. You should be. Yeah. Okay. I am. Yeah. okay. So let's talk more about your current job. But can I say something also here? Yeah, because yeah. I just said on stage also something different. Oh. Because when I was in Russia, I had, um, when I joined, I had 75% uh, woman diversity, which means 75% woman in my team. And my whole leadership team was woman, except for the HR person who was a man. So really strange yeah, that's totally way of looking at it. Down. Yeah. yeah, after a year, I, I decided, well, within the year, I decided to move that down to 50-50 from a leadership perspective in the management team and also in the whole organization. And it changed completely the dynamics and how we operated, how the communication was, and how, actually how we went to market. So it does make a huge difference on how you actually bring teams together. And I think the participation of different genders, but also different kind of people like introvert experts is extremely important to bring in couldn't agree more it's all about diversity right yeah. and diversity is more than more just than gender, gender. Yeah, yes. yeah yeah definitely yeah. so let's talk a little bit more about your current role yeah you're a general manager at microsoft must have been a dream job thinking about your 25 years of career within microsoft yep. now you're the gm so i just wanted to share this small personal anecdote with you and then i would love to hear your response so when I was 26, I became the editor-in-chief of a Dutch popular science magazine, and it was my dream job. And I achieved it, got that job, and quite honestly, I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing being 
an editor-in-chief. So at that very first day on the job, I sat there and I just looked puzzled and I, I thought, okay, maybe I should do like I'm really busy because maybe the team thinks that I'm in control doing that. So looking uh, a little bit uh, serious and uh, doing a lot of things with my computer while actually having absolutely no idea what I should have been doing. Can you relate to that? No. <laughs> no. Not at all. But no. I, no. But I think, I mean, so I, first of all, no, first of all, you're super courageous to do that. So <laughs> well done. And it's super cool. Uh, I, I do believe if you, if you go into a new role, it's all about listening first. Yeah. And it's asking a lot of questions. So I, I've been 30 years out of the country. I don't know the Netherlands anymore. So I had to actually come back to my country in this role and to learn what it is actually to work in this country again. So, and, and I think for every new organization, just go around and ask so many questions. How do people feel? Where are they? What do they think it needs to be improved? What's going well? And if you get all those information together, then you start knowing what you could be doing. Because that's what it is about, right? Nothing is, it's not a miracle. It's not written somewhere in stone. Everything is dynamic. So you just need to listen a little bit more and then to see how you can connect the dots. I think that is the best piece of advice that I could have had when I was 26. <laughs> because when you're that young, uh, asking questions feels like not being in control. Well, yeah. actually, if you it gain is. more work experience, you know that asking yeah. questions is actually the way forward. So thanks for that piece of advice <laughs> to <laughs> the younger me. Welcome. But can you still remember how your first day being a general manager, how, how did Microsoft it go? Microsoft Netherlands? Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was a very tough day because I was actually pulled out from my old job immediately into my new job from Friday to Monday. Oh, wow. So it was quite, um, it was quite a disruption. At the same time, um, I've been watching the Netherlands a little bit because I've been living in Amsterdam. So I know this is a fantastic organization with lots of talents. Um, so and the market is has huge potential. So I just looked at how to, you know, put in place who I am and what I would like to achieve and how I'm going to do that with this team. And I guess that was my mission for my first day to really, you know, introduce myself and to see how how I can be supporting that. Awesome. So let's let's talk about a typical day, if you have yeah. any typical days. You get up, you take a shower, you get a cup of coffee, and then what? Um, well, my typical day is not getting up and having a shower. So first of all, my daughter wakes me up at 6.30. <laughs> She's nine. I can relate to that, yes. though. Yeah, then okay. she tells me what to do. <laughs> and then um, I make her bread and everything. We, we uh, have breakfast together. And then actually I go um, and dress her up. Uh, we, I, it, before I could pick the clothes, this is over. Uh, she's now telling me, no, 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 I'm going to choose. So now there's a whole rhythm in the morning that we have together. Yeah. I'm a single mom, so we're only two of us. And uh, we bring everything together and then I bring her to school. Uh, sometimes I drive to the office and then from the office I have first my cup of coffee in the office. And I have been to the Microsoft office in Amsterdam yeah. a lot and yeah. I know you have awesome coffee yes, there. Yes, we do. Yeah, and you're going to keep that there, right? Absolutely. Being a general manager. Absolutely. Keep yeah. the coffee. Yeah. Okay, so what is the most challenging thing on your plate right now? 
Yeah, I think it's timing. I think the um, if you look at over the last couple of years, we have worked in a high, in in a, um, a mode where it's remote. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it was on on the PC, and you had back-to-back -back meetings. And I think what is most challenging for me is really do time management, and to plan actually how you want to land your day, because if you're in the office. You can't just run within a minute from one room to the other. So you need to really plan properly to understand, okay, is this a physical meeting or is this a, a, a virtual meeting? And then how, what are the um, um, briefings? How do you look at that? Do I have time for that? All of these things become a little bit disruptive now because now all of a sudden you're in the office. Then a lot of people see you for the first time. So they go like, oh, let's have a chat. And then you have a chat here, a chat there everything goes upside down. So nothing <laughs> yeah. is in place anymore. So this is really, and you don't want to say, no, I can't have a chat now because I need to be in my next meeting. So it's, it's, that's a bit of a challenge to really build and live that hybrid world um, and to plan and organize well. Oh, I, 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 yeah. Do, do you think when, when working remote, you do have a lot of meetings back to back, right? Yes. Do you think that that's a good thing because it is very effective but now you miss the break between between meetings because you yeah. can have a meeting one yeah. minute after the other one yeah no that's true i think you, even when we were working only remote i think it was very needed to have sometimes half an hour breaks or have a lunch break or walk in the park for an hour you needed to do something out of because otherwise you go crazy to have yeah. all of these um, so i think it's super important at the same time What I did like about the remote is that I got to meet so many CEOs, ministers, you name it, in countries that I normally would visit, and there would be a red carpet and everything would be rolled out, and now you just sit with them on, 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 a, on a screen, and all of a sudden they start talking about their kids, about um, their dog is running in, and, and you get a completely different connection. And I must say, those connections are everlasting because I still have those connections today, which probably would not have happened if I only visited them, visited them in the country in the meeting. So I think there's beauty on both sides. You just yeah. need to organize well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, that's also about... Well, I, I wanted to ask you, while working in technology, you have seen it change, right? And this has everything to do with that, yeah. probably working remote, yeah. being able to do so thanks to technology. Yeah. What do you feel is the biggest change in technology? Um, I think the change, <laughs> the change is the change itself, probably. It's the speed. And I think the speed is something where we really need to be careful for. I actually believe, and sometimes we, we actually talk about it in, in our organization, is we need to slow down. Yeah. Because this speed is just going so fast that a lot of people actually cannot cope with it. And some of it goes into burnout, some of it goes into insecurity, some of it goes into making mistakes. And I think the speed is, sometimes really we need to slow down to really make it right again. And I think we're going too fast right now. So that's for me the biggest, um, because it also has to do with compliance. So the more mistakes you make or faster mistakes you make because of the pressure, uh, it's not good for an organization. That's also very challenging for yeah. a tech company because the, 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 the feel that you get from a tech company is faster, 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 yeah. being the first with new technology. Yes. Well, actually, you say slowing down might be a good thing. Sometimes, yes. Yeah. And I think also, I mean, from a capability perspective, we don't have enough people. No. We're so, <laughs> it's so hard to find the right people um, and good people to actually join um, our workforce. Uh, because the, the, the gap of the scarcity in, in skills is huge. 
and it will only beget, become user, bigger. So how do we deal with that? So if we slow down, we actually could manage that probably. Because why is it getting bigger, do you think? Uh, first of all, we're not getting enough from schools actually added to it. And I'm glad um, in the Netherlands, at least, we now have, we're getting a di digital curriculum in the next school year. But I, I'm still wondering how, because there are no teachers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's, that's going to be, be the challenge. next challenge. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if we don't have really building up that skill, and we're actually working with a lot of, like with you, we're also working with um, uh, the Refugee Talent Hub to see how we c can bring even people with a refugee status into the workforce by reskilling them. So just imagine what you need to do all the time. So skilling will be a big initiative for us actually to um, uplift and to see how we can get a lot more people actually to the workforce, joining the IT workforce. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a that's a very important yeah. goal yeah. for both of us actually because Absolutely. yes, the Academy is also retraining women and we get a lot of help yeah. from Microsoft for that. So um, addressing those women, women who feel like maybe there's a future for me in IT and tech, but right now they're doing something completely different. For instance, they're working in marketing or retail yeah. or something else. What would your advice be for them being the general manager of Microsoft in the Netherlands? What would you say to them? Be more curious about what this could be because technology is not deep technology only. I think actually with low code, no code, um, you can build so many applications yourself today that actually you can be very much inventive uh, from an individual perspective. And I think a lot of um, women are looking too much to this engineering type of programming jobs. Actually, technology is much bigger than that. And it can be very interesting. So if you, you know, think about what you could change and you could easily think about certain, I mean, everyone is using applications today. You can easily create a, your own application. So if you have an idea, you can actually already start kick that. And you don't have to be super technical for that. So I think, think about um, curiosity on how, what could be for you and how could you join that workforce? Because it's bigger than just tech and engineering. Absolutely. So, dear listener, I hope you take that advice to heart because I, I totally believe in that. Yeah. So, back to you. Is there a specific project that you're most proud of? What I'm most proud of? I don't have a. I don't really have a specific project that I'm most proud of. I think I'm. Um, I'm. I'm. What I'm. What I'm proud of when I hear how. Um, through your uh, work uh, mm -hmm. that you're doing and the Refugee Talent Hub. These are the pieces where I'm super proud of that we can actually deliver more value and more, more woman skills, more capabilities and capacity into the workforce. Um, I think we have a long way to go. So I'm, I'm not ready yet to be super proud or because if you look at in the Netherlands, we have 23% um, women in full-time roles. Mm -hmm. uh, we have so much capacity and potential in the market that we're not utilizing today. I would be super proud if we would move that up to maybe 45%. That already would be a major achievement and that would be something I would stand for. And that can only be with your help from TechUnista, but also with all the other programs that we can do to make that happen. So let's do that. So dear yeah. listener, for you too, let's do that. Let's just jump right in and... and well, combine all our forces and let's go there because we can. We can achieve yeah. that, right? Yeah. So vulnerability sometimes gives <laughs> you more than things that you're proud of because we can learn a lot from other people's vulnerability, yes. I think. Is there something in your career that you should have done differently? Uh, yes. 
definitely many times can you, can <laughs> you name an time. example or yeah. is that too hard I don't know I mean if you're if you're a manager today um, no matter if it's in tech or not I think uh, I made um, almost twice but once at least the mistake of I hired somebody that actually in the last minute even of the interview process my gut feel told me don't do are it. you are you sure 90% yes but there's something that I wasn't completely sure of it probably was the biggest mistake because it cost me two years of my organization. And to, to dial back that single individual decision that you made at that moment actually cost me so much afterwards. And I, was, I didn't take enough courage to stop it very fast. Mm-hmm. I, I gave it a trust and a belief. It could, we could turn it around. It could be okay. It would be fine. But actually, we suffered so much from an organization from it that I would never do it again. So whenever you feel there's something about what you want to take a decision on and it's not 100% where you stand belong and your gut feel says, not sure or I know, don't do it. That's my learning. Listen to your gut feeling. Yeah. So now let's look at the company you're working for, yeah. Microsoft. Mm-hmm. As one of the biggest companies in the world, do you feel that you really need to set an example when it comes to diversity in tech? Do uh, you feel the pressure of that? Th- no, I, th- I don't think there's pressure in that sense. It might be my own pressure because I believe in it. Mm-hmm. But there's no, there is pressure in a sense. I mean, the company believes truly in diversity. So also gender diversity, but also other diversity aspects of diversity, right? Or aspects of diversity. So we don't have goals. We don't have targets in that sense that we have to meet anything. But we are keen on every single discussion we have with our managers uh, or, or top executives in 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 United States, definitely they will ask, how are you doing? What are you doing to make a difference? So of course you get triggered all the time, but I think I have belief enough in myself on how I want to do it that there's nothing that cannot support that. Yeah. What can the tech sector as a whole, so the whole tech industry, what can it do to make it more accessible for everyone? And with everyone, I mean women, people with with different cultural background, people with disabilities. Um, what can we do to make it more accessible? It's a, it's a very difficult question because I think it's all about um, culture. Mm-hmm. And the culture that is partly still in uh, some organizations that I've seen that we work with is not yet there. It's not as inclusive because diversity is, is a given. Diversity is in, in the world, in the market, in the country. But the inclusion of it is not. So if companies are not thinking about how to include this more into their whole organization, nothing is going to change. So I think we need to start, st- stop talking about the diversity aspect, but more about the inclusion. And I think that will then change. That's a great piece of advice. I'm going to take that to heart. <laughs> Thank you. So that brings us to our segment where we ask the input of our Techunista community mm-hmm. via Instagram accounts at Techunista. Women in tech can put in their questions for a role model such as yourself. And today's question is from Jamie. And her question is, what is the best advice you ever received, both in your career and in your personal life? Yeah, I think it was actually a, a, a finance guy who, who I wanted to work with. as a, He was my mentor. And... Um, uh, I wanted to be more analytic because I was much on the emotional side, but not much on the rational side. So I wanted to learn from him how to, to, to do that. It was in my young career stage. 
Um, at some point of time, I got really into um, stormy water um, weather. So it wasn't easy. I was all over the place with my mind, with how I was doing my job. And uh, he actually said at some point, hey, lean back, try to fly a helicopter above it and look at what you're doing and then make step by step the decision on how you want to get out of there. Don't blame yourself, but actually look at the opportunity and how you actually can improve it. And when I, I was deep, I was actually almost to leave Microsoft at that point of time because I was done with everything and I didn't feel good about it. But when I looked back and I'm like, okay, hold on. So if I now sit down and just think about what would be my first step, how I take that, and then, so first it was actually an analytical step. Okay, how do, do I have my house in order? Then what is then the next step? How do I communicate? Do I br did I bring in everyone that I needed to bring in? And then how did I build a strategy? Did I actually ask some strategy experts to read my strategy paper to see how we can implement it? And then when we implement it, so when I started really to build that motion of step-by-step step how to get where I wanted to be, things start rolling and then it was okay. So it did help a lot. Great advice that was. Yeah. So zooming out. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I so still do that today, by the way. Yeah. I, every week I take an hour and I just look back and I see, okay, where am I? Am I doing the right things? Is this where I wanted to head to or do I need to rethink again? And what can I change to actually drive bigger change? So it, it is still there. Yeah. Love that. Thank you so much for being here, for joining us here in this Techunista podcast, for sharing your inspiring story and all your advice. Thank You're you. You're a role model for every one of us. So thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you very much for having me here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And please check out our website, techunista-academy.com. Follow us on Instagram for more and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast to never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you would review and rate us now, we would really appreciate it. This podcast is a collaboration between Techunista and European Women in Technology and is brought to you by Microsoft, the company that makes it its mission to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. The podcast was produced by the editorial team consisting of Jamie Jones and Iris Behrens. Recording, editing and music are by Klaas Peter Olijnsma. Thanks to Sander Denneman of 1004 Podcasting for helping out. And I'm your host, Viviane Bendermacher. 